0: it's it's, it's time to talk that talk and we talk it like no one else this
1: is the stinking truth now
0: here's your host mark in three two one hey guys welcome into the stinking truth podcast yours truly um in between flights here in orlando florida uh actually i'm not in between flights i'm gonna be in orlando for a couple days before i go to tampa uh to call the the uh the game in tampa i've got uh who do I have in Tampa? Oh, I've got Atlanta in Tampa. Uh, doesn't take me long, anyhow. But just coming off a game in Houston, Houston defeats the uh, the New Orleans Saints. And Mike, I'm telling you what? What a freaking! I'm I'm really excited about the Houston Texans. They're something. They are absolutely something.
1: Yeah, this was your first. Well, you've been. Is this was this your second game or with them or first game?
0: First game with first Houston. Game. For, for for our second game with Houston. Excuse me. First game with the Saints.
1: Okay. So now you've had a chance to see D'Amico Ryan's CJ Stroud um uh, a couple of times. What what is D'Amico Ryan's building here? Can, can you explain the D'Amico Ryan's culture? Cause he's the, the hottest name out there right now among the, the first time coaches, really doing well.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. Sitting back and talking to guys, um, talk to Will Anderson. Uh, Will Anderson Jr., who's a third overall pick out of Alabama, just a bright, great kid, lights up a room, um, and he absolutely wrecks. I mean, he he wrecks practices. He, I mean, he wrecks shit. I mean, it's unbelievable, this kid. Um, and just, like I said, million-dollar smile, great kid, um, had a blast talking to him. But he's like, you know, when they drafted me, I had three or four guys from the team reach out to me, welcoming me to the team. Like guys like, you know, guys like uh, veteran players that have been there before, like Jerry Hughes reaches out and says, hey, man, welcome to the team. J.J. Watt, you know, legendary Houston Texan. Welcome to this team. Let me help you out with your pass rush. Let me help you out with the stuff that, um, you know, that you're going to need to do. Like all these guys that have come out um, and, and essentially welcomed them. And then. When they got there as draft picks and as free agents and, as and you know, as, as uh, college players and, like I said, free agent players as well, they were like, hey, man, you're not here by happenstance. You've been handpicked because of not only your playing ability, but the kind of person you are, the kind of guy that we want within this organization. So they have really been able to sell that and they've really been able to sell the energy. And it, and it was really interesting. You know, practice matters. And talking to several guys about just the way they practice. And I'm talking about guys on the team, guys on the coaching staff, guys, you know, just people around the organization. Um, And talking to Will Anderson about practice. He was like, this practice reminds me of practice at Alabama. Like we legit go after each other on Wednesday. We put our pads on. Like we put shoulder pads, we put full pads on. And we are getting after each other, you know, then we, you know, cut it down on Friday and, you know, and, and getting shells and stuff. But it's like we're practicing hard. This is like being at Alabama. It is like Nick Saban. Like we go and we're flying around and we're doing things the right way. And we're practicing at a tempo that we're trying to make. And this is kind of how I practiced. Um, and we practice in Washington or Joe Gibbs, but the way we practice with Mike Shanahan in Denver was like, we want to practice so fast that when we get on the field on Sunday. It feels like it's slower than what we did in practice. And I think those are the kind of things that resonate. And then D'Amico is just a positive, let's go out here, fly around and do those things. And he'll challenge his team to play the game the right way. And that's what they're doing. You know, on top of that, um, their quarterback is is interesting. Like this kid is got, I, I don't care what he tested and they you know, in the freaking wonderlick or whatever test, whatever stupid test that is. This kid understands football. He's articulate, he's smart, and he's thoughtful. And, you know, it, it's interesting because you hear this all the time. Hell, we hear it in Denver every day, and it makes you roll your eyes. The cliche baloney that's been memorized, you know, by Russell Wilson and some of the other guys, it just is like there's no answer to it. And then I ask him a question and he'll be like wow it's a really good question and then he'll go okay let me explain it to you and he'll get into this deep conversation this football conversation that is not just hey man we got to take care of the ball in the red zone and we got to blah, 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 <laughs> you know i mean it it's it's not a bunch of bullshit it's real and i just appreciate i appreciate cuz he's thoughtful i was i, I was like Hey man, let me ask you a question. Kind of describe a play, like just from a verbiage standpoint, the difference between Ohio State and between um, you know the Texans. And he's like, "Ooh, that's a great question." Because he goes, "There's a lot of similarities." I was like, "Okay, well, give them to me." And he goes, um, "Let me think." And he's like, "No, that one's not complicated enough. No, that one's too easy. No," and he goes through in his does his catalog in his mind. Like, no, 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 okay, I got, I got one. You know, and he goes through it and he goes, but it's a lot similar to this, you know, from what we're doing now. So there's some carryover. And then he goes that, you know, he, he spits out a play. And I, um, you know, I was just like, he really was thought he could just spit out anything, you know, what do I know? Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing. He said, hey man, my coach, sometimes D'Amico gets a little pissed at me because if it's not perfect, I want to run the rep again in practice. But not only do I want to run the rep again, I'll bring the same guys like so Robert Woods may run three routes in a row and he's he's supposed to come out like no no I need Robert back in here for this one. And D'Amico's like man let, we, we need to move on we need to get no I want to, I don't I don't want to leave this I didn't do this right. You know? And so he's this perfectionist um he's perfectionist he's just a grinder. He's just got that ability and I will tell you the other thing that's interesting. So I'm talking to Bill Lazor, longtime uh, NFL assistant, and and you're gonna love this because Mike, I know how you are about the draft, and everybody talks about the quarterback and this, and you got to get the quarterback, and any quarterback will do, and da la. And so Bill said, you know, we spend a lot of time in the draft room, a lot of time looking at these quarterbacks, and he said the key is not getting the best college quarterback. The key is getting the best NFL quarterback. And there's a big difference. And it was a real thoughtful, you know, idea for me because it was like there's a lot of things that you do in the college game that just flat don't transfer. And you can be great and you can light stuff up in college, but it just doesn't transfer. Now, let me give you an example, just so you know. C.J. Stroud, If I went through all the film in the NFL that I've watched, and I've watched a ton this year, I watch a ton every year, C.J. Stroud spends as much time under center as any quarterback in the National Football League. And I think one of the really cool things when you start talking about the time spent under center is that's where your footwork has got to be perfect. And as our friend Joel Klatt always says, hey, the timing of the offense is kept in the feet of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And... When your feet are on rhythm, when your feet are perfect, that's when you're going to throw it with accuracy and on time. And I would say you can't be accurate if your feet aren't time. If you're not on time, you cannot be accurate. It's just impossible. And so your feet have to be on time to create accuracy in the passing game. And one of the issues in today's game with all the kids who come out of college is they've all done nothing but prepare or all done nothing but play in these freaking seven-on-seven seven shotgun leagues. And it creates lazy foot mechanics, and it doesn't time your feet up to the, the throw. So CJ has been under center since he was a little kid, Pop Warner. He has spent all this time under center, spent a bunch of time under center at Ohio State because Ryan Day believes it's important. And like I said, I, I don't know that I've seen anybody be under center more than C.J. Stroud, and this is exactly why C.J. Stroud, by far, to me, is the best one of these rookie quarterbacks. It's not close. Is
1: there it's, anything else that 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 they told you that they look for in college quarterbacks, and more importantly, what translates to the NFL beyond the footwork? Was winning, it winning, simply that winning from the pocket. Winning from the pocket. Yeah. Not
0: not running to run, hmm. but running to throw. Mm -hmm. running with Mm -hmm. running within the confines of the pocket, manipulating the pocket pocket poise. And the thought process is, Hey, listen, man, when you break the pocket and do all that stuff, one, you got to be able to throw on time accurately, but he goes, bottom line is if your escape mechanism, what's I tell, it's the same thing. I tell you all the time, if your default mechanism is from the neck down, Mm -hmm. you're not going to last, it's gotta be from the neck up. So if you escape the pocket, you escape the pocket to throw it, not to run it. And occasionally you're going to have to run it, right? Occasionally you're going to have to do that. But it's like it doesn't translate to the NFL. Running around and and doing that, for the most part, does not translate. And, you know, you can look at now, Lamar, probably a little bit different, but he hasn't won a championship. But, you know, probably a little bit different because the guy is so uh, – that guy's. It's like a varsity kid playing with JV kids I mean he's that much of a freak show but even look to Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis so like they're deciding whether he has season ending shoulder surgery right now it doesn't translate
1: on the Saints you you've always told this to me that anytime you see a quarterback back there slinging it more than 40 times never mind 50. That that is Mm -hmm. just a bad, bad recipe to win. And in a 20-13 to game, you had Derek Carr throwing the ball 50 times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. Mike, I don't know. You know, Pete Pete Carmichael, their offensive coordinator, is under a lot of heat, and and rightfully so. And I just don't know watching them. It's something that, that you and I talk about all the time the difference between calling plays and calling an offense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got a running back in Alvin Kamara who he looks, he's so fluid and he is like, I I met with him. He's super smart. He's photographic memory guy. Like he, the guy is unbelievable. And you don't realize he's, you know, 5'10", 215. Like he's a thick cat, man. And he's averaging close to five yards of carry. And there's two things i guess one i'm going to lean on that two what how do you marry that to big plays in the passing game and i want like everything that we run i want some adjunct pass play off that that looks identical and i don't i don't know that they've done a great job of marrying that running game and that running back to their passing game and it just looked like, hey, let's you know, let's run it, and now let's you know, let's get in empty, and then let's run it, and now let's get in three by one, and you know, it, it just it never felt like you're calling an offense. It just felt like you're calling plays and hoping something hits. And um, even when I was calling the game, I couldn't put my finger on it. But as I've sat back on the plane and thought about it. That's kind of what I came away with is I, I just never felt like there was any rhythm to what we were doing. It just felt like we're just calling plays for the sake of calling plays. And that that's where I just kind of felt a little bit strange about about the Saints in general.
1: So after starting 2-0, and they've lost three of their last four. And, you know, being around the team th- this weekend, do you do you feel like this this is a a tailspin? that could continue or do you feel like this is no. a team that still should be able to, to, to figure it out, especially as Derek Carr gets, right. gets more comfortable?
0: Well, I think, you know, Derek Carr is coming off a shoulder surgery. So our shoulder injury from green Bay where he missed that time, um, still not hundred percent healthy. Um, And then i think i think there's a couple other things that you have to look at i think you know obviously kamara missed the first couple games of the season um they're going to get uh jamal williams back eventually here right they signed him in the free as a free agent so they'll have that kind of one two punch in that backfield even though miller their rookie uh, running back is, is playing pretty well right now um but this week, like last week against New England, their offensive line was together for the most part for the first time. Think about this. They have four starters on their offensive line that are all first-rounders, and their center, McCoy, was like the – uh let me see. He was like – uh he was a second-rounder, and I think he was um maybe low 30s. Hold on for a second. I've got it. I've got it right here. I'll get my sheets. Look at um, that chart. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was a second, he was a second rounder. I want to say he was um I don't know, he's like 36 taken or something like that. I don't know. I don't have that written down. But um you know, he's a he was a high round draft pick himself and that's where they invested a ton of money. And so, you know, it's it's those guys have to show up. Now, with that said, you got to understand that they roll into that game and um they roll in that game, the whole right side of their offensive line, Andres Pete is injured. Uh, so they bring up, they bring up Max Garcia, former Denver Bronco to play left guard and, uh, oh, excuse me, left guard. And they, and they run out, um, at left tackle They decide to put James Hurst and they bench Trevor Penning. So you got two backups at the left side, right? And then, Ryan Ramchick gets hurt, and they've got to move Cesar Ruiz, their right guard, out to right tackle. And they've got to move in Nick uh, uh, Saldiveri into their into the right guard spot. And uh, James Hurst gets hurt. And so they take him out, and they have to move in Trevor Penning back in there. So of their five starting offensive linemen— they had four guys or three guys in different positions and and had, different. I think, rotated five different guys in there. So that can explain some of the inconsistencies on the offensive side of the ball. And remember, that's where they put a bunch of money in there. Still coming back, still working back into form is Michael Thomas. He looks good, but there's still some, you know, from a connection standpoint, you're still building that chemistry. So there's a lot of things offensively that I think are going on right now. The other thing is you don't really have – a middle of the field threat tight end like i i don't look at Taysom hill as that guy right he's more of a gadget run everything guy and jimmy graham is old um you know and foster moreau so I, I, there's still there's still something missing um in the middle of the field when you talk about that stuff well
1: they definitely have a schedule coming up that at least gives them the chance to get back and and on a bit of a roll, they got the Jaguars at home then they're uh, at the Colts home against the Bears at the Vikings at the Falcons so there's definitely some some winnable games out there in a schedule that's that's not too daunting uh especially in that division
0: yeah I think they'll I I, I think the Saints are going to be fine defensively all three levels of their defense is outstanding um they're going to make plays they're going to create turnovers uh they'll rush the quarterback uh Granderson on the edge is playing really well obviously um Demario Davis, is a freak show. They, they've got, you know, the both safeties in May, and um, they've got Lattimore at the corner. They've got uh, the Honey Badger, Matthew, at, at the other safety. They're they're a legit defense. I think I think they're going to win a lot of games, and I won't be surprised if eventually they overtake Tampa um, to win that NFC South.
1: Okay, all right, good
0: stuff. Good leftovers. All right. Excellent leftovers. Hey, for everybody involved in the Steep Truth podcast, we thank you guys so much. Uh, be well, and next time I won't be doing this from uh, from the United Club here. In Get your Orlando.
1: library voice on. Get your library yeah, I know. voice.
0: On. I know. <laughs> All right, later. I got. Yeah, there's other people trying to work. I feel kind of bad. Anyhow, later.